Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Here in the Run for God studio with me is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. I feel like I hadn't seen you in a whole two days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since track meet, your favorite time. Yeah. I don't like track meets. <laughs> I don't like track. We're going today and um, Lane's first event. Well, he runs the first running event yeah. and the next to last running event. Yeah. So what do you what do you do with all that time? You watch the other kids and support them. I love the other kids, and I love, but it's and I love to watch them when they run. It's all that dead. If you put all the running events back to back to back to back to back, I mean, you could have it done in like thirty minutes. <laughs> Pretty close. It's that four hours of dead time that I don't like. Yeah. You know, it's going to be hot today. So and this is maybe a, I need to just change my attitude about track meets. And, <laughs> Maybe it'll well, be a little bit better. This is a championship meet, so they've got it scheduled. Sure. So there's going to be some dead time because they make sure they've got enough space so that things do start on time, which is a good thing and a bad thing at the sure. same time. Yeah. Well, today we're going to share a story from a bona fide crazy lady about how God uses us in his way, not necessarily our way. And then I'm going to share my thoughts on our victim mentality. <laughs> that should be interesting, huh? Yeah. <laughs> So this week's episode, um, you know, we have a sponsor for each week's episode now. And this week it's brought to you by Barton Dentistry, which is local to Dalton, Georgia. Um, And it's the best option for all your dental needs. Billy Barton, who's the owner and a friend of ours, his son actually did triathlon with us for years. Um, He'll guarantee that your needs are met with excellence. Um, He's down by the hospital off Broderick Drive. You can give him a call at 706-226-3400. Oh, three, and we just want to t- thank all the team over there at, at Billy Barton Dentistry. Absolutely. And such a nice guy, too. Absolutely. He says absolutely a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. He does. Billy, if you're listening to this. That is true. That is true. I remember going swimming with Billy one time uh, up at the dam. Uh, he and I went up there to go swimming, and uh, I didn't realize at that time that he had a hearing issue. Mm-hmm. Until he said, now, I've got to take my hearing aids out, so uh, if you shout at me while we're swimming, I may not be able to hear you. I'm like, I didn't even know you wore hearing aids. (laughs) Hope I don't get in trouble on the swim. Yeah. My goodness. Um, All right. So our Facebook post for this week comes from none other than Angie Hawkins, Mm -hmm. who um, all Run Club members know, and if you don't know, you're just not involved enough, Right. bottom line. Um, And this is what it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's Ephesians 2.10. There was what seemed to be a young homeless man who crashed on his bike while coming down a hill as I was running to head up the hill. I was just shy of hitting mile four and I stopped to make sure he was okay. I ended up chatting with him on purpose or on purpose for a Putpus? I've never heard that phrase before. (laughs) To make sure he was okay. As I finally made him laugh, I realized he was okay, so I asked if I could pray for him. 
He was a little uncomfortable when I asked, so I said it was okay. I didn't need to pray out loud over him, but he should know that I would be praying for him. Please join me in praying for Alvin that he gets to know God's love and surrenders to his will. In Jesus' name. I hope to see Alvin again, however, for as quickly as he appeared out of nowhere, he also disappeared. As I looked back to check on him, he was gone. Another six miles on this beautiful, windy Georgia afternoon. I'm so grateful for the wonderful opportunities to share the Lord and his love with others in the most unsuspected places. Hmm. Yep. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that her phrase was on purpose for a purpose. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> She's just a typo. <laughs> yeah. I don't think about it. Yeah, that's bad. Okay. All right. I could be wrong. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that T is supposed to be an R there. I'm pretty sure you are, right? Uh, Yeah. So now that everybody out there knows what a moron I am. um, No, Dean, I do it every day. Uh, (laughs) Everybody listening knows some of the emails and grammatic errors that I send out. Oh, well, well, uh, likewise. Um, I'll tell you what, it's gotten to the point where if I don't read an email before I send it out, it will have an error in every single one. I mean, I always correct something. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on Gay for just a minute. Gay, if you know, she gets onto me a lot because I'll type an email. I'm the kind. I'm a you know, I'm a get her done type of mm-hmm. person, and I type an email and I want to get it checked off my list, and I'll I'll send that thing out. And you know, the email list for Run for God is tens and tens of thousands of people, and so I'll get it out and. It never fails. You know, within 20 minutes, gays call me. Did you send that out to everybody? Yes, I sent it out to everybody. Well, it's got this and this. She's an incredible proofreader. Even she some is. of our books we sent off to, you know, copy editors and, and proofers and people like that. And it never fails. We'll get it back from them, and Gay will go through it and find more mistakes. So she's incredible, yep. incredible at proofing stuff, yeah. except her own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she will send text messages we laugh and laugh and and some of them some of them i can't even say on here and it's not what she said it's that autocorrect yeah yeah <laughs> so it's... gay if you're listening we love you <laughs> but i had to pick on gay for just a minute absolutely all right yeah our opportunities are numerous she talks about meeting somebody out on a run i do that all the time yeah um and it's it's cool and the longer you run as as we get through this 10k program and we run longer and longer then people get more and more opportunity you know i've always said that running you see the world so differently from driving in a car Mm -hmm. um i think i've told the story before i don't know if i've told the story on here before back years ago when i was training for that crazy hundred mile treadmill run of course i was doing some really long training runs and uh my in-laws lived in udawa tennessee and i was gonna run there one day it was about a 30 mile run and um, what I didn't even realize, and it's funny that I actually just saw this. It was 10 years ago this week huh. that I did that because the tornadoes that came through Ringo were 10 years ago this week. Well, I took off on my run, and what I didn't realize is I was going to be running through the path where the big tornado that came through Ringo came mm. through. And I didn't, I didn't know that. I'd already driven through that path and saw the destruction. But as I was running, I topped the hill and I realized, oh man, this is where the tornado came through. Yeah. And it was literally within a week. And I had driven through there the prior week, but running, I saw people, I saw a guy sitting under a tent 
And I realized he was sitting beside where his house was. Hmm. And he didn't know what to do. I mean, this is an older gentleman, may or may not had insurance. Even if he did have insurance, adjusters were, I mean, good luck getting somebody out to your house. And he didn't have anywhere to go. And I just, I remember God laying so many things on my heart on that run. And it it turned into a walk in some places because, I mean, the magnitude of running through an area where a tornado had just come through. Hmm. And I would have never seen that stuff in a vehicle. I would have never noticed that old man just sitting there in his tent and just the devastation that a storm like that has you don't realize it driving in a car and uh so yeah to your point yeah you you see the world differently on two feet you definitely do i think i wrote a dean's thoughts about that one time did you yeah yep Uh, as a matter of fact i think you talked about um seeing the world we were in salt lake city utah Mm mm-hmm and I remember there's there's like Salt Lake City is pretty flat. The city is really, really flat, except for one hill. And that's where kind of City Hall and stuff is. And mm-hmm. I remember running up to there so that I could look. And you could look over the whole city because it's the only hill in the area. Hmm. It's interesting. Our trivia question from last week was this. There is a guy who started 61 Boston marathons and finished 58 of them. Who is he? And where is the statue of his likeness located? I remember this like it was yesterday. It just it struck me how old I am, um, and I don't mean that in the the beating myself you up. You are old. I am old, um, but I remember Johnny Kelly was a big deal, mm-hmm. and I realized that people today probably have no idea who Johnny Kelly is. I'll be honest, I had no idea. Yeah, until I, mean, I read this. Gosh, in the eighties. They would show the Boston Marathon on television, and they would show what Johnny Kelly was doing Mm because it was his, you know, 60th Boston Marathon or whatever. And he was a big part of the Boston Marathon story year after year after year because he had run it so many times. And and now people don't know who Johnny Kelly is, and it's sad. But he was born in West Medford, Massachusetts. He was one of ten children. No wonder he was a runner. He's trying to get to the table before everybody else. Uh, He ran his first Boston Marathon in 1928. Um, And, of course, he completed six – eventually ran 61 of them. He won the race in 1935 and 1945, which which is cool because a lot of times these people that run so many of these things, they're not elite athletes. Sure. But Johnny Kelly went from an elite athlete to a guy who was running over six hours – by the time he he got done does that seem like to you a long time between wins it does to to stay on top for that long for that years. seems very impressive yeah 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 he finished second seven times so wow. uh, probably in between 35 and 45 there were a lot of second places yeah. in there uh, and then in 1934 and 1950 he finished in the top 15 top five 15 times so that, that's that's pretty amazing. In, in what looks like what seventeen years, he finished in the top five fifteen times. Talk about somebody who was consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, he consistently ran in the two thirties. Now a two thirty won't win the women's race, right. but uh, but back then it was fast. Uh, he ran his last full marathon at Boston in nineteen ninety two at the age of eighty four, which was his sixty first start and his fifty eighth finish. Uh, for two more years, he ran just the last seven miles. Just because everybody loved Johnny Kelly. That's how much they loved him. Is that They talked him into running that last seven miles. Uh, he was a member of the U.S. Olympic team in 1936 in the Berlin Olympics, and he finished 18th in the marathon there at the Olympics. 
Um, he was named Runner of the Century by Runner's World Magazine in the year 2000. Now, think about that. Here's a guy who was named Runner of the Century. People don't know who he is today. He enjoyed painting and worked in natural landscapes. He produced about 20 paintings a year. And one of his commissioned works is called The Boston Dream. And it's of a like a, a primitive school uh, showing the marathon course with Hopkinton and Boston rising from the distance. Um, and there's two runners running, uh, a woman and a man, and they're training for their Boston dream. Um, so pretty cool. Um, and there was another Johnny Kelly. There was a Johnny, John J. Kelly, who also um, won a Boston Marathon in 1957, not the same person. Uh, and they weren't related at all. And uh, some quotes. For me, the race these days is to try to beat the girls to the finish and to wave to all my old friends along the course. And that was him when he was 65. Uh, and then when he was 70, he said at age 70, he was still running 50 miles a week and around 50 races a year. And he said, I'm afraid to stop running. I feel too good. I want to stay alive. 70 years old and he was running 50 miles a week. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Love it. Heartbreak Hill, you know, everybody knows about Heartbreak Hill and the Boston Marathon, and, and a lot of people probably wonder why Heartbreak Hill was named Heartbreak Hill. Um, if you don't know what Heartbreak Hill is, it's a it's the last of what they call the Newton Hills in the Boston Marathon. It's a series of hills, and this one is the one that is the last one. You top this hill, and it's downhill to the finish, basically. But it's between the 20 and 21 mile marks, which makes it horrible. Because you know, you run a marathon. That's the worst time of the race Mm -hmm. to have a hill. Um, It's not a crazy hard hill. I remember the first time I ran it and I topped that hill and I thought, that's it? That's Heartbreak Hill? Well, we live in North Georgia too. Right, right. So it (laughs) makes makes a difference. Um, So between 16 and 21 miles, there's four Newton Hills. Anyway, so Kelly, in 1936, he overtook a guy named Ellison Tarzan Brown. Um, and as he passed him, he pats him on the back. Just mm. kind of a consolatory <laughs> pat on the back, right? Just, hey, you look like you're suffering. I'm, There's a hundred different ways to take a pat on the back during a race like that. Yes. And unfortunately for Kelly, uh, Brown took that pat on the back as um, something that rallied him, got him fired up. Um, and he winds up beating Kelly to the finish line. And uh, that happened on Heartbreak Hill. And so it's been called Heartbreak Hill ever since because it was said that it broke kelly's heart so that's where so that's the read that's the reason yeah that's the reason for that name yeah isn't that interesting just a side note a buddy of mine david redmond and i used to do quite a few triathlons and we were doing the riverfront triathlon in chattanooga one year and uh i kind of did the same thing we were on the bike and i saw david in front of me and we were going up a big hill out on 27 in chattanooga and uh I, I was feeling good. I could tell he wasn't feeling too good. And as I went by him, I reached out and I just tapped him on the behind. Yeah. He come back and annihilated me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the one. I mean, it's like, oh, no, you don't. So, yeah, I, I know exactly where John's coming from here. Uh, I, I would never do that again. <laughs> so they put up a statue in 1993 
to commemorate Kelly and, and all those Boston marathons. It is at the site of Commonwealth Avenue and Walnut Street. It's near Newton City Hall. It's at about 19.2 miles on the course. Some some periodicals will tell you that it is at the base of Heartbreak Hill, but it's not. The base of Heartbreak Hill is after the 20-mile mark. So, um, so anyway, um, he died in 2004 at the age of 97. Wow. Um, and he's buried in uh, Quivet Neck Cemetery, East Dennis, Massachusetts. Hmm. So, neat guy, neat guy. Yeah, I learned. I learned why Heartbreak Hill is called Heartbreak Hill now. That's important. You should know that. And there's people kind of use that term loosely now for other races. They do. There's a Heartbreak Hill at the Peachtree Road yeah. race. Yeah, yeah. We call we call the big hill at Edwards Park <laughs> Heartbreak Hill. Yeah. Or the kids have a lot of different names for it. Yeah, they do. Kill Hill and Pain Hill and. <clears throat> So yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. Some I never them, knew that. Some of them we probably don't know about because it's better if they don't share them. That's right. <coughs> All right, so we're on this couch to marathon journey. We're in the 10K. We're kind of in the middle of it now. It's going well, I guess. It's, it is. It is. You know, I um, yesterday I had my workout. I was supposed to do the two mile tempo run, and I had one of those. I had one of those runs yesterday where it was it was hard. I struggled with it. And um, I'm still trying to figure out that 10K pace, Yeah, yeah. which I was trying to go one minute slower than my time trial. And I'm convinced for me right now, that's still a little too fast. Um, <laughs> so I'm still trying to figure that out. But, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so not neat because neat was not the word I had in my mind yesterday. But it's kind, of, it's kind of cool coming back to these memories of when I used to run hard and the demons you battle with. I mean, because at one point yesterday, I stopped. And, you know, I know you're this way. I'm this way. You just, internally, you're just calling yourself all kind of names. Oh, yeah. And then within three seconds, I'm back running again because, (laughs) but it's like, you know, these demons just like, stop, stop, stop. So I stopped, and I'm like, you big baby. And so you start going again, and it's, all you need is just that quick pep talk, self-deprecating pep talk. (laughs) And I finished it. I didn't finish it in the time I wanted to. But um, so, yeah, it's going good for me. I hope yeah. I'm seeing the post. I think there's a lot of people right there with me. Yep. And they're really struggling with this to figure this out. You know, a lot of times this is not a fitness thing, especially right. when you talk about these tempo runs and these hill workouts. It's not a fitness thing. That's it's right. exactly what happened to me yesterday. That's exactly Physically, right. I was able to finish that workout. But mentally, I just about had a break about a mile and i guess it's probably a mile and a half into it and um i was running on a half mile track and so i had one lap to go and i was like you you big baby and uh sometimes you gotta have those talks with yourself yeah you do yeah you do and let me tell you the talks go on forever right you know that i mean i'm in great shape right now but the talks are still there yeah this is not something that only new runners deal with yeah this is not something that slow runners deal with this is something that every runners deal with you just get better at having the talks for yourself yeah yeah my you know my average my average run on a typical day i'm going to be somewhere around seven and a half minutes a mile a couple days ago i ran eight and a half minutes a mile just because i was just too much of a wimp to run seven and a half minutes a mile (laughs) i just didn't feel like it and so i didn't so let me ask you this the runner of your level you're running what probably 50 miles a week right now 60 70 about 50 or 60 um 
for everybody out here listening who has probably done exactly what I did yesterday, have you ever had a day recently? Do you do you have those days where you just come to a stop and you're like, I can't do that? And then you're like, no, 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 no. And you pick it up and go back. I don't quite come to a stop. Now, I have had workouts. Well, I shouldn't say stop. I stopped and walked for like 30 yeah. seconds. And then I picked it back up. And it was that, this is so hard. And then it, immediately you're back up and going. Yeah. I, well, I recently, I, matter of fact, I was doing a workout at a track in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I had a prescribed workout. I don't even remember exactly what the workout was, but I cut it short because I just didn't feel good that day. And I thought, if I can't run it at the pace I want to run it at, then I'm, I'm, I felt like the effort level was too high to get where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I stopped it. And a couple of days later, I tried the same workout again and, and was successful. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, bad days are bad days. Sure. Everybody has them. And yeah. if you're out there and you're thinking that, uh, you, that that people who make it look like it's easy mm-hmm. don't have bad days, you are sadly mistaken. Right. Exactly. <laughs> sure. So there you go. The two guys talking to you right now have bad days. Have. One of them stopped for three seconds yesterday. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Amen. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store. I hope by now you have checked out J Radio and the Run for God channel. There's playlists there from both Mitchell and I. Very different playlists. Very um, different. Yours is way different. Yours is different. way better. Different. Way yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. Yours is probably di- yours is way different than every other. You know, at the five k we it. had what last month? Yeah. I noticed that Ted played everybody's playlist on the Run for God channel except for mine. Well, that's a shame. I was I so what that means. I need That's, to complain about that. <laughs> yeah, find the paperwork. If you like Southern Gospel, you will love my playlist. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it, it's just cool to be able to go in there and see those sure. and kind of see what everybody else listens to. I we may need to neat. do another Run Club one here before long. We need to. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Maybe do one it? every quarter or every yeah twice a year or something like that. That'd yeah. be cool. Because we got to keep those fresh. That we do. Remember that you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com. If you've got questions, then certainly you can send those to me. Um, I've had a lot of questions over the past uh, couple of weeks about the 10K training and, and what to do and how to do it. And, of course, we go over that here, but sometimes we don't make things so clear, especially me. If I'm, I'm the one giving the direction on what to do with the workouts, and so mm-hmm. I know how I am. I just assume everybody knows what's going on, and I just – barrel right through it and somebody has to slow me down and go oh it's like <laughs> so uh it's all good uh we also want to hear your story because we share stories on here and stories are important to everybody's lives and they're very motivating to a lot of people and so we'd love to hear your story go to runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com and share your story so that we can share your story live now if you want to be here and maybe you live 
close by. Maybe you don't live close by and, you, and you'd love to share your story on this podcast. We would love for you to share your story live. I think that's kind of cool when people mm-hmm. do that. So um, let us know if you can do that as well. All right, so Lane, you, we just talked about his region championship. Right. He just won another region championship in the 1600, right? Won the 1600, got the two-mile and the four-by-eight today. I think I think he's more excited about the four-by-eight than he is anything else. And it's because it's a bunch – it's three of his buddies yeah. who – they have a really good shot to do well at, at State. They do. Um, and, uh, of course, 18 years old, they're all smack-talking each other. <laughs> They love the smack talk. You know, sometimes we have to kind of tamp that back a little bit. But it's all in good fun. Um, they crack he, me up. He's got his – one of his really good friends is an 800 runner, Devin. And uh, Lane is not an 800 runner, but he's a great runner. So, you know, so there comes the battle of Lane's constantly telling Devin, I'm going to beat you in the 800. You know, in the mile and beyond, Lane can just – run off and leaving but in the 800 david can devin can hold his own and, and beat lane and so it's a constant smack talk battle royale but it's it's been good for devin yeah and because lane i think a few weeks ago lane broke the well he, he didn't technically break the school record his time in the four by eight broke the school record in air quotes yeah and so then Devin was running a few minutes later in the 800 and he rebroke Lane's record yeah. because I'm not letting Lane beat me. So they're, they're just pushing each other to drive lower and lower. And I'm, I'm curious to see if either one of them get below. Devin is too flat right now. Is yeah. that right? He's too flat. Too he? flat or 201? He's yeah. 201. So, like he's getting close to breaking two minutes. Yeah, I think, I think, I think by state, Devin will break it. I think he will too. Um, he may do it today. In the 800 this afternoon. Yeah. What so. did he – What I wasn't even there for the prelims the other day. He ran 206 or 207, something like that. Did he win it? He won his heat, yeah. 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 Another guy ran so a little bit faster. he did what he needed to do. Yeah, there was a guy from Adairsville, I think, that ran 203. Oh, really? Uh, but you could, he was just – he was eased up. He had already run the 1600 and had finished second in the 1600 behind Lane. Yeah. Of course, the Cahola Creek guys were one, two, three. Yeah. in the 1600 so that's pretty cool to see and i think as a team they're ranked what second right now are they yeah I oh, well then doesn't surprise me there aren't too many events that have been scored at this point and right. one of them is the 1600 so they should rack up today yeah they should rack the up events. some more yeah yeah well they've got some couple of good 800 meter runners and that should place well and uh of course in the 3200 uh, they should get two in the two of the top three or four at least who's our three guys in the 32 i can't remember who the third lane, one is harris it's lane and harris and I'm not sure who the third one is. I don't. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought we had a we had a little bit of a kerfuffle before the is race that a technical the other term. Yeah, it's a te- that's really technical. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when we looked at the heat sheet and we saw there was a guy from another school that had a time that was just two seconds slower than Lane's, and everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, who is this guy? Well, we don't I'll know who this guy is." This now, I'll admit this now. I knew that was a topic. <laughs> when I saw the guy, I remembered the guy. Yeah, yeah. And but I wasn't gonna let Lane. I was wanting. I love because I think a little bit of fear is healthy. Oh, a fear that you know Lane coming there thinking, "Well, I'm gonna be 20 seconds out in front of whoever," and you got to keep them humble. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, we there was a guy. There was a typo 
and it yeah. showed that there was a guy there that was going to be right there with Lane. And uh, so, yeah, Lane ran a good time, didn't run a PR. <laughs> you know, it was funny. He got done, and he's like, I had no idea where I was at. I'm like, I just assume I'm always at the starting line calling his splits when he comes around. Yeah. Every single race, I think, I've done that. But this was the region meet, so I just assumed – Somebody would be there. They had their, somebody that they're calling splits, and they did. So he was out. So I said, I'll be there today to call your splits for you. <laughs> It'll be more important in that 3200 than the 1600 anyway. Sure. So, yeah. 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 All right. Well, some people are runners to get more fit, and some do it to challenge their limits. Some do it for the racing. But none of those are why Mary Lou does it. Hmm. And we're going to talk about that. <clears throat> this is a very memorable lady. I remember her. Hmm. We met her at the uh, Instructor Summit back a few Several years, years ago. Back. And uh, Mary Lou is from Las Vegas, Nevada. And she is just a barrel of laughs. I mean, she's just yeah. hilarious. And she just has fun in everything that she does. And she travels all over the world doing all sorts of crazy stuff. We're going to have to get her to Dalton next year. We really need to. We really, really need she to. She would hit it off with this group of Run Club people. For Boy, sure. no kidding. Her story is called God Had Other Plans. A few years ago, I came across a Run for God prog- the Run for God program and embraced it wholeheartedly. I entered a 5K and came in near the end. So, I trained and trained for the next one and still came in near the end. My thinking was, maybe I needed to run longer distances, so I entered a half marathon. You guessed it. I finished right in front of the sweeper. I entered another half marathon and was determined to finish with a respectable time. But alas, God had other plans. I came, I came across a woman at mile nine who was sitting by the side of the course. She and I had been playing tag for the whole race. I heard the prompting of the Holy Spirit to encourage her and to, to, to get up and finish with her. She got up and I started to sing the worship song that I could hear in my headphones and she couldn't. I figured that if I sung badly enough, she'd run away. Funny thing is, she started to sing with me, even though she couldn't hear the songs. We crossed the finish line singing and praising. She finished even though she thought she was done at mile nine. I thought that would be an exception, and I'd zoom ahead of the crowd in the future endeavors with with the right training. Fast forward a few years, I had the opportunity to trek in Nepal. I trained for a half marathon and a triathlon just before the trip, so I figured I would be near the front. But God had other plans. Let me preface this by saying this was by far the hardest thing I have ever done. All the trails are uneven steps, which ironically was my one God word for that year. So I was doing 4,000 to 5,000 steps every day, up, 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 and down, down, down for days, and I was consistently last one night they had to send a guide with a flashlight because i didn't make it back before dark then my knees swelled up and i was sent down to lower altitudes in case i had to be evacuated i was pretty upset to say the least i was last when i train last when i don't last when i encourage someone and last when my knees swelled up i went to lower elevations while the rest of the team climbed higher and higher I soon received a text message from one of the high camp teammates. She had stomach issues and thought she would be unable to continue. So I prayed for her, and she finished. 
But I was still bummed about being sent to low camp. I asked God if I was in the wrong sport, walking, trekking, running, and hobby races. His answer was amazing. It was clear that he had sent me to this trek and to the races to be an encouragement and to pray with those who were hurting or ill and lost all hope of finishing. The word was so personal. Many races ask what you want the announcer to say as you cross the finish line. I always put, I run for God. And they announce it because I'm usually the only one crossing the finish line at that time. I dance through the finish line, pointing to the shirt and saying, yep, I run for God. The announcers they then say into the microphone as, as a thought that comes out of their mouth before it can be stopped, we should all run for God. That's what happens at the end of races. And I'm okay being near the end now because that is where God wants me to be with him, obedient to his call on my life. Thanks to the Run for God program that made me realize that it's more important to run the race set before me than to strive to be first. <laughs> that's a great story, Mary Lou. There's a man that's chock full of metaphors. Yeah, it is. It really is. She uh she's a special lady for sure. And you know, that I think when I think about her or when I when I read this story, I think about the people that have come in last at our races and how we always try to make that such a special because because she's right it's it's where god has them Mm -hmm. and we need to celebrate there's nothing worse to me and i always cringe when i go to races and i get it you know i'm not throwing rocks at other races but i cringe there was a race in varnell a few years back and i remember we went in and done the award ceremony and Honestly, I just wasn't thinking about what was going on outside. I think Lane had run the race, and we were inside, and we did the award ceremony. We eat something, and we come out, and it was the 10-miler. And there was a lady coming down to the finish line, but the finish line's gone. Mm. And that's not saying anything about the race directors, but that that, that is what motivates us to do what we do at races because – that lady coming in last, just like Mary Lou, they have a story too. Yeah. And they've got a, a lot of times they have a more powerful story. They've been out there longer than anybody. They've worked physically harder than anybody there. And I just love to celebrate these people. I, you know, I love that she said she was right in front of the sweeper. Yeah. I think there's even t shirts that says, I'm part of the beat the bus crowd. Because in some races, there's a bus driving for the cutoff. Yeah, and if that bus comes up beside you, you have to get on it because yeah. that's kind of the sweeper. So great story, Mary Lou. Yeah, and we see this a lot with Run for God folks, mm-hmm. people who feel like their calling is to help other people get through these races and to encourage people. And uh, it's just a it's a neat it's a neat group to be a part of. Um, God certainly has a purpose for all of us, and for a lot of people, that's their purpose. Mm-hmm. Proverbs four twelve says, "When you walk, your steps will not be hindered." And when you run, you will not stumble. Um, at the, the entire passage, if we go back and we, we read the entire thing, it says this. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the ways of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. 
this whole idea of wisdom um, is, is so important. And God tells us in, in his word that, that when he says you will walk, your steps will not be hampered. What he's saying is, is if we're wise, if we follow him, if we do the things he wants us to do, that, but, but not just because you're a person, mm-hmm. but because we're following him. Yeah, you know, I think what sticks out to me at this verse at this time in my life is, you know, we've we've got two teenage boys. I think most people listening to this can empathize with having two teenage boys and and how as parents we have we have wisdom and we know that there's things that if they will just listen to us that the the path that they're on will be smoother. Yeah. But I think what is challenging as parents and it's, we should follow God's lead here. I mean, God says what he needs to say and then basically leaves it up to us. And as parents, what I struggle with sometimes, even this morning, you know, I had a, I was talking to Holly about a situation and you, you can see, you can see the smooth road. And you want to take your kids and you want to grab them by the shoulders and you want to point them on that road, but you can't do that. Yeah. Especially, I mean, like Lane, he's 18. Um, kids are going to, I mean, I say kids, young adults, they're just like we do. That's right. I mean, God's word is very, very clear. It's not ambiguous. It's incredibly clear. If we will do what his word says, the path will be straight. Our steps will not be hindered. We won't stumble. We may feel like we're stumbling, but we won't stumble. And I, it's so convicting when you start thinking about your kids and you're saying, if they'll just listen to me, this yeah. will work out. Yeah. And then it's like, God, just, if you'll just listen to me, <laughs> you know, thumping you in the back of the head. So it's. Yeah. <clears throat> That's good. That's very convicting verse for this morning. Yeah. Um, great analogy. Yeah. First Thessalonians five sixteen through eighteen. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know that's the of course that's First Thessalonians near the end of the chapter. Um, I, I, <clears throat> just before this, it says help people who need help, uh, but also warn those who are going off the rails, mm-hmm. uh, and so. We don't want to get political here, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but I feel like there's a lot of warning that needs to take place right now in, in our country, in our world, because we are going off the rails in a lot of places. And in a lot of cases, uh, again, not to get too far into the weeds, but a lot of cases, churches are going that direction, too. Mm-hmm. And we've got to get back to the Word and what the Word says. And this is really simple. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. It's a simple recipe, and we've complicated it. Yeah, I mean, let's let's string these three verses along. And I have no notes on this, and it's like God's just kind of pointing this out to me right now, so I may butcher it. <laughs> but First Thessalonians five six, it's it tells us what to do. So rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Okay, very simple. The Bible is not complicated. The path, the wisdom that God gives us is very simple. 
And so he says, this is what your journey is going to be like if you do this. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. So pray without ceasing. Everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. For you, if you do this, when you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. And the result, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I'm jumping ahead, for I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not evil, to give you a future and hope. It's like you can string. It's like it's like God's word is a tapestry, and these are three completely different sections of the Bible. And maybe Mary Lou is way ahead of me in thinking this when she put these passages on here, but you can string them together and it's like, here's what to do, here's what the journey's going to be like, and here's what the reward is at the end. And it's just so cool when you can do this with hundreds of different verses in the Bible that were written thousands of years apart, and it's like they were all written together at the same time. But they were. Yeah. They all had the same author. Yeah. And yeah, I got off on a tangent there, but no, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's it really you, you got one that was written by a king, one that was written by a, a basically an apostle, and then one that was written by a guy who's trying to warn everybody to behave themselves. So three complete. <laughs> you talk about three different angles, right? I mean, it's, you can't come from a, more different angles. But it's it's so simple. Yeah, you know, just like the thing I was thinking about this morning with one of my kids, I'm I'm thinking it's just so simple. How can you? not see it yeah how can you not see this is happening and then i come in here and it's like god saying you're right this morning it is simple so So pay attention exactly (laughs) i love it when i get convicted live on air (laughs) Uh, of course you mentioned jeremiah 29 11 and everybody knows that you know for i know the thoughts i think toward you says the lord thoughts of peace and, and not of evil to give you a future and hope we talked about this one a number of times. Um, again, it kind of it goes with those other ones, as you mentioned. Um, the bottom line is this. What Jeremiah is saying is we have all the answers. Sure. Again, it goes back to the simplicity we were just talking about. We have the answers. They're right here. Qu- quit complicating things. We, we can't help ourselves. We just can't help ourselves. We need more Jeremiah's. We said that last week. We, we need do. more Jeremiah's. Yep. We should be Jeremiah's, and but that's you know that, that therein tells the question. You know what? So many times we just don't want to get involved. You know that's really none of my business. That's and I get it. There there are people that take it too far. You know it can be taken too far, and I think I think this is where you really have to you really got to be talking to God here because mm-hmm. you can run out ahead of God. Oh, yeah. You can you can get yourself in trouble trying to do good things, but it's not in God's time, and we're going to mess it up. So Jeremiah was cued in, yeah, um, and that's the first thing we've got to do is we've got to make sure our walk is right before we start trying to go out and call out the the plank in somebody else's eye. We mm-hmm. we've got to make sure where we're, we need to be. Absolutely. Question one, have you ever been disappointed when something didn't turn out as you expected, but then realize that you were exactly where God wanted you to be? uh, Excuse me. Realize that you were exactly where God wanted you to be, doing exactly what he wanted you to do. And she says, explain. Um, 
you know, I don't think anybody thinks they're in the right place when bad things happen. You know, everybody feels like they're in the wrong place. If they lose a job, mm-hmm. if they get divorced, if they um, are addicted to something, it, it never feels like they're in the right place in the in the moment. Never. I mean, it's not going to. Um, but how many times have we seen good things come from those tragedies? I mean, it, it happens over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a time I had an athlete at the college. First year I was coaching, she did a great job in the championship meet, and I just knew she was going to be like the meet MVP. Um, I voted for. Obviously, everybody didn't agree with me. There was another girl who also won two events, and they thought she deserved it more than the girl I had. I had a good argument, I thought, for my girl, but she didn't win it. And I remember just being almost a little bitter about it and thinking, Mm -hmm. that's just wrong. Why can't they see that? This girl's a freshman. My girl's a senior. And basically, they did equal things. And so why, why, why are we even having a debate about this, in my mind, right? So fast forward a little while longer, a little while later, and what wound up happening was uh, the the girl on my team wound up getting the Scholar Athlete of the Year for the entire sport of track and field, hmm. um, which was a, a way better award. And I just didn't – I was too short-sighted to see that, that even better things were coming down the road. Yeah. Um, and, and at that point, God smacked me upside the head and said, see, will you cut it out? <laughs> yeah, so, so many times is – what we see as bad things is is God. We it's it's a cliche. We say it all the time. Is God preparing us for stuff? I think back to we've talked on here before the housing crisis of '08. Mm. You know that was wow. Being in the building industry, there was nothing worse <laughs> at the time. There was nothing worse than that. I mean, just seeing everything you worked for for years almost just completely go away. But I. I I say now, and people kind of look at me and, and tilt their head, that the housing crisis of 08 was the best thing that ever happened to me, looking mm-hmm. back, because in 09, if you know the story of Run For God, 09 is when God started to lay Run For God on my heart, and ultimately starting the first class in January of 2010. And if the economy was great, and things were just blowing and going, and I, I'm convinced I would have never slowed down enough to hear, because... 2009, you better believe I was doing some heavy praying. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was, things were bad. And I think it's, God had me captive. I had to be captive. I was, I had no other place. I could not rely on anything I could do because there was nothing I could do. I mean, this was a, this was a national housing crisis. And um, so I look back now and I say, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I learned so much, you know, not only about business and finances, but what God will often allow to happen. Well, I want to be careful in not saying what God will do. Right. Because many times it's it's not what God will do, it's what he allows. Right. To come into our life that will radically change us and and bring us to a point where we can hear him. Yeah. And then when you're at the point of where you can hear him, just like with Jeremiah, then you can then you can begin to take your cues from God. But so many times before that point, it was well, this is Mitchell's logic. 
you know, yeah. this makes sense to Mitchell, so that's what I'm going to do. And that's where I say oftentimes you can get yourself in trouble about running God because it may be it may be what he's ultimately going to do, but we get it out of order. And so, yeah, you know, for, right. for me, it was the housing crisis of 08. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and for me, I've talked about it on here before, the being unemployed for that summer. I wouldn't be here right now right. if that hadn't happened. Um, I like where I am, so I'm glad that happened. Mm-hmm. In, in the long run, in the, in the moment, I was like you, praying hard and, and wondering what in the world was going on with my life, and then the next thing you know, things are better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Question two, discuss how God revealed his plans for you his word, his son, and his creation, as well as prayer, friends, and circumstances can all reveal the plans he has for you. Okay, second part's kind of a a statement. Um, I like the thought that God is, is, is all around us and he uses everything to remind us who he is. Um, and yeah, it's, it's other people, it's friends, it's sometimes it's people we don't get along with mm-hmm. that help us along the way. Um, so many times it's just a conversation that you have with somebody that moves you in the right direction because somebody says something and make no mistake God put that person there and that conversation for a reason Mm -hmm. Um, that happens all the time Uh, and I just think that God uses those moments conversations interactions uh, uh, something we see on the side of the road it may be could be anything to trigger those thoughts they get us in the in the direction we need to be good question yeah um and, and i i can think back to that time when i was unemployed after being at a company for 25 years um and, and i remember god placing one thing after another in front of me um kind of just pulling me along kind of like you've talked about the the street lights coming on this this was more not as much street lights as as a person who said this and then this person said that and this person um you know it, it just from one thing to another um and here's what we do and this is what i noticed about when god reveals plans to us i ignored him for a while for several months i just did my own thing and kind of ignored all of those signs mm-hmm. until it was like a light bulb went off. Mm. And I thought, I need to be listening. <laughs> and then I did. And, you know, I'm hard-headed, so. Waffle well, said no. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. People were saying, you need to teach a running class. I'm, no. <laughs> I don't do that. I'm not a teacher. You need to publish this book. No. What, are you crazy? I, yeah. I wouldn't know where to start. And. Uh, that's where he gets us mary lou's story is getting close this morning (laughs) question number three do you encourage or discourage do you encourage or discourage others through your words or behavior and how and what can you change this one gets closer than anything this morning mary lou so thank you um yeah i mean it, it what I what I just said that I was kind of struggling with this morning, and maybe you and I will talk about it later. It's it's one of those things where you we see things and we're like, that's wrong, and it's not going to work. And if you'll just listen, things will be better. And so, how are we to respond? You know, 
the flesh, Mitchell, this morning wanted to 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 go and say, "Look, this is this is wrong. You're not doing this right." I didn't, by the way. Um, but you know, at what when should we be an encouragement, and when should be a we be a Jeremiah? You know, Jeremiah yeah. was saying. God's judgment is going to come on you. Yeah. And that's the hard balance to find. And I already know what the answer is going to be. We should pray about it. Yeah. Which I didn't do this morning, if I'm being completely transparent. Well, I did. I did. I take that back after the fact. Yeah. But that's the hard place. That's the hard balance to find because so many times God will – throw discouragement in our path mm. to slow us down but other times he will put somebody in our life to encourage us to do better so that's a tricky question it I mean is. it is and I, but I know the answer it comes down to what is God prompting you to do there's where we fail there's where we I just said sometimes we'll outrun God we'll, we'll throw discouraging mud on somebody when God wanted us to throw an encouraging word on somebody yeah and it all comes down to our walk yeah i'm definitely guilty of of doing both of those things we were talking last night in the bible study about um the second chapter of john where jesus comes into the temple and turns over the tables and gets upset Mm -hmm. about what's taking place in the temple um so yeah there's i mean if jesus himself had some right righteous indignation um, then there are times for us to do that. But there are also way more times, in my opinion, just from everything that I've seen in life in general, and I've lived on this earth a lot of years now, um, uh, there are a lot more opportunities for good and for encouragement. Yeah, I mean, you flip over to Second John, yeah, where it talks about live in love. Yeah. And more times, we hear way more stories about Jesus love 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 that's right we heard one story about jesus flipping the table so maybe that gives us the the ratio (laughs) and i'll tell you i don't know i'll tell you how i have justified being angry about stuff in the past when i'm when i'm wrong when Mm -hmm. i'm wrong about being angry this is how i always justified it well i'm passionate Mm -hmm. about that thing Mm -hmm. right and so i'm just passionate i want it to be right and i'm passionate about it being right and so that makes being angry and upset about it okay because I just want things to be right. It's kind of that Peter stance. It's exactly the Peter <laughs> stance. Exactly. And what did Jesus say? Put your sword down. That's right. Man. <laughs> He's all over us this morning. My chair is fire hot right now. <laughs> While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we're back. And, you know, if, if there's one thing you know, or I know, excuse me, 
There's one thing I know you don't like. It's excuses and whining. So can you remember a time when the excuse nearly kind of threw you off the deep end? When somebody was giving you those excuses, maybe in a coaching situation, and you were like, you just wanted to just pick them up and body slam them? Yeah, I did it last night with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> <laughs> I want to throw you under the bus for a All second. Right. Lane come in last night. You know, he's doing some of the social media stuff for Unforgotten Now. Yeah. And he's he's trying to figure out a particular way to do something. And he came in last night. He said, I just, just can't figure it out. It's What I hear is it just can't be done. It just can't figure it out. And I'm like, all right, Dean. <laughs> Slow down for a minute. You've got Google. You've got YouTube. You can pick up the phone and call the company and ask these questions and so yeah he he just come in last night throwing some excuses out there and yeah you, know, you just you want to get up and just body slam them sometimes but i do the same thing yeah we all do it yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. certainly guilty <laughs> i've seen those athletes who have an excuse every single time they have a bad race they can't just go i just had a bad day today or uh you know they they can't just let it be there has to be an excuse. Well, now that was always one of my pet peeves yes. with the athletes is do not give an excuse. Yeah. If you finish the race and you got beat, you go up and shake the person's hand and you say, I got beat. Yep. And I was so proud of, you know, we were just talking about the 800 that Lane and Devin were duking it out. And Lane come in saying that Devin was really surprised that Lane wasn't offering up any because Lane got beat. He got beat by Devin yeah. and Lane just took his licks and yeah I mean there's still some smack talk going on but there wasn't reasons well I was blah 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 or he you know there's always that person well and what what Lane would have done if he would have responded in some way and made an excuse is he would have diminished what Devin did sure and he didn't want to diminish what and that's Devin what a lot did. of people don't understand yeah. is you're you're kicking the legs out from under mm-hmm. the person that beat you or the person that did better or whatever it is and you know I, I look at some parents nowadays and they're always making excuses for their kids and they're not doing their kids any favors yeah you know you've got to have failure in your life and you've got to just flat out get beat sometime to get faster you got to embrace it you got to yeah. embrace it and you got to use it to motivate yourself but if it's always and we all know those people that they finish the race and well you know i've got to I got a ten mile run tomorrow. I've got to get in. I really wasn't trying. I, and that's what I don't like. You know, some of the kids like Lane. Lane has done this a few times where he runs a race, but he's got something, maybe a race coming up, a big race coming up, and so he just he's basically racing it for fun. And my comment is either don't race it, or if you do race it and you get beat. You just say, I got beat. You don't say, well, I got another, you know, letting everybody know because that's what really drives me crazy is don't get in the race unless you're going to keep your mouth shut at the end because don't, because you're right. It, it, it degrades everybody else's race when you make a comment like that. Yeah. And I've been on both sides of that. I remember there was a guy in Chattanooga who I was chasing for several years trying to beat him and I would always finish (laughs) behind him and um we 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 finally ran a race i finally beat him i beat him by just seconds 10 seconds maybe i beat him in the last mile 
And I remember just being proud of myself. You know, I, I finally did it and I finally beat him and I got through the shoot. I got to the end of the shoot and I turned around to congratulate him. And he said, yeah, I'm doing a 20 miler tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's like that, that was the, the excuse. I'm, you know, some of that so, righteous indignation starts yeah. to bull up. Yeah. And I want, <laughs> I didn't say anything, but, uh, but I don't think he's beaten me again since then. So good for you. <laughs> Is that right to say that? Uh, <laughs> all right, it's time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Victims—they're <laughs> all around us. There seems to be a hierarchy of victims these days. Whoever is the most oppressed wins, right? Um, and so I wrote a story this week called "Victim Mentality." Have you ever felt sorry for yourself? Well, of course you have. Join the largest club on the planet. And I think it's okay to mope occasionally for a short time. Very short. Running is hard, whether you're new to it or have been running for years. Even the people who don't run know that it's hard. Riding a bike? Not that hard. Golf? Yeah, not too bad. But people know, even if they have never even tried running, that it's tough. So why wouldn't we recognize the difficulty? Because of that, it's just natural that we would have a a tough time getting our running legs cranked up some days. Sometimes we just want to whine about how difficult it can be. When we know we have a run waiting for us, sometimes we just want to feel sorry for ourselves. In the context of the world, that seems natural, too. We have become a people who are saddled with a victim mentality. Woe is me is a popular thought. We all love to talk about how we are victims of our schedules and the busyness of the day. Part of that includes the time we spend running. It's as if we didn't make that schedule or choose that job. It's like running is a burden. It feels like it's equal parts punishment and drudgery. But of course, we did choose that job. And we did make that schedule, and we chose to run. If we're a victim of anything, we're a victim of our own choices, yet we act as if we have no choice. Make no mistake, we all have a choice. We don't have to go to work and do that job. We don't have to do that laundry. We don't have to run. Of course, there are consequences to not doing those things, but no one is holding a gun to our heads. There are many things we choose to do throughout the day, and that's a good thing. I think it's about time we quit looking at ourselves as victims of our circumstances. I heard recently that victim mentality rests on three beliefs. One, bad things happen and will keep happening. Two, other people or circumstances are to blame. And three, any effort to create change will fail, so there's no point in trying. As you can see, this mentality... It's not reasonable. We act like we are victims, but we are not. Oh, there are certainly things that happen to us that can make us victims of our circumstances, but running is not one of them. So if you're one of those people who act like running is a burden and you're a victim of agreeing to start a running program, just stop. Realize that you get to run. You know it's good for you on many levels. Remember that the next time you're feeling sorry for yourself before it's time to run. Romans 8, 35-38 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter if you actually are the victim of circumstance or just acting like it, we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God. The Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors. Let that sink in. Think about what a conqueror is and then realize that your salvation is more powerful than that. What an incredible thought. Whether you're faced with a tough task at work, a health issue, a loved one who has been hurt in some way, or just going for a run when you're tired, realize that you are more than a conqueror, not a victim. Now, go run. I love that story, Dean. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking about, as you were reading, four names popped in my head. Job, Joseph, Jeremiah. I was looking for another J, but Paul. Job, Joseph, Jeremiah, and Paul. They could have succumbed to victim mentality, Mm -hmm. but they didn't because they know they chose to follow God. And when we choose to follow God, and I know I'm kind of pulling away from the running side of this and taking it more scriptural, but we have the choice. Mm -hmm. But when we choose to follow God, we understand we, we know that that comes with hardships. But they always say it's, it's – how do they say it? It's not, your, it's not your circumstances. It's how you look at your circumstances or how you react, how to, react. How yeah. you react to your circumstances. And that's so true. Mm-hmm. So, so many of us today, and I'm saying us because we do it too. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this pity party and mm-hmm. woe is me. And, and, but that does – that does no good. Just yep. like we tell these kids, if you come through at the end and you have some excuse, that does no good. No mm-hmm. good for you. No good for the person. It put, when you when you vocalize it, you know. I always say, if you're thinking it, don't say it. Yeah. Because when you vocalize it, you hear it. Yeah. And weird as that may sound, that affects you. It does. And. You know, you always hear positive mantras and some of this stuff gets out of hand, but it's true. You know, Mm -hmm. if you think rather than why is God putting me through this, if you think and you say that, it's going to affect you one way. But if you say, what is God trying to show me through this? Completely different mind shift. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just a great. Yeah. I can hear the I can hear the passion coming out in this that you said while ago. Yeah, that's a, that's a good story. Well, and that, it, it's something that that has become more and more accepted mm-hmm. in our society mm-hmm. to be a victim. Is it's almost like people prefer to be a victim these days, and that's what's really scary. You know, the Eagles wrote a song called "Get Over It" years ago. I love the words <laughs> to it. I can't share them all because there's some that can't be shared, but 
Um, here, this is the first verse. It says, I turn on the tube, and what do I see? A whole lot of people crying, don't blame me. They point their crooked little fingers at everybody else, spend all their time feeling sorry for themselves, victim of this, victim of that. Your mama's too thin, and your daddy's too fat. Get over it. <laughs> all this whining and crying and pitching a fit. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. Uh- you know, sometimes we just need to hear we need a good kick in the pants. We do. And we some, need those people in our lives who will say that. We do. We do. And you've told me that before. And I've probably told you that yeah. before because we've – that's important to have yeah. somebody who's I mean, willing to be straight with you. Yeah. I mean, you, you, some of your jerseys rubbed off on me. Yeah. <laughs> some of my Southern gratitude is rubbed off on you. So, you know. But, yeah, I mean, we, we all need that person in our lives. And if you don't have that person in your life – because it's real easy, it's real tempting to say – well, Dean said something bad to me. I don't want to be around Dean. Or that, I don't like the way he said that. Well, we've got to have those people in our life. Now, mm-hmm. you got to have people that are doing it in love. Kind of going back to the whole conversation, when do you love and when do you confront the whole Jeremiah? Sometimes we need to give people a kick in the pants with love. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you got to be blunt about it. And yeah, I mean, I've been here. We've yeah. all been here, but yeah. it's uh, we, we need to recognize it when we get there. Yep. is the important thing. And again, understand, we are more than conquerors. That's right. a big, big deal. Remember who you are in God's eyes. It makes it a lot easier to weather those circumstances. Sure. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. So we're back and... I didn't even tell you I was doing this. Um, you know, you, you send me these outlines the night before. And uh, usually I, I read them either early the next morning or that night. And it was like 10 o'clock last night when I actually pulled this up to look at it. And then this morning we, we started doing this earlier than normal. So I didn't do it this morning. I was kind of kicking myself driving down here because I'm like, I haven't reviewed this. And now I know why. You know, I, th- I think this is this has been one of those podcasts where God has stepped on my toes live on air here, and I think if I would have read this last night, I'd have probably been trying to, <laughs> uh, you know. It's all good. I think God has a reason that I didn't review any of this till yeah. this morning. So uh, these, your story and, and Mary Lou's story is, is what I needed to hear this morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've been paying attention to track lately. There's been a lot of good track races lately. And one of the bright spots in America right now is... Is that cross country's on its way this fall? Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you cracked me up. Um, there is a, a, a girl out there. She's a freshman 
at I think Texas or Texas, I think maybe no, Texas A&M. It's Texas A&M. And her name is Athingmo. I thought that was a typo. I know you probably did. Athingmo. Um, it's I've never heard the name before. I kind of like it. I just I think it's interesting. It's pronounced and and her last name is M U, not M O. It sounds like M O, but it's I think it's pronounced Mo, but it's Moo. I was reading a thing mule mew. Yeah, a thing mew. Yep, yep. Anyway, this girl just ran one fifty seven point seven for the eight hundred meters. Wow. And she's a freshman in college. Uh, and a lot of people a, a month ago, people were talking about a thing, and they were saying. You know, she's got a shot to mix it up with the 800-meter ladies for, for a shot at, at getting to the Olympics. And now they're like, holy cow, maybe she could win the Olympics because she's gotten so much faster so so quickly. Uh, now, she's going to have to run a lot faster than that to win the Olympics, but I wouldn't put it past what, her. What will when, gold medal in the 800 in the Olympics? Uh, probably 154, 55. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when she ran this 157, she did it like this. She ran 60 seconds for the first lap and 57 for the second lap. So a negative split. So she, yeah, I mean, she just ran away from everybody over the second lap like they were just amateurs. And the girl that finished second ran too flat. And made her, she made her look like she was standing still. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a crazy cool thing to watch. Um, but, we, you know, the, right now the United States has the number one and two ranked 800-meter runners in the world. Hmm. with uh, Ajay Wilson and Raven Rogers. Now, Raven Rogers ran a race this past weekend. She didn't look very good. Um, she's like a 204 in this race this weekend. So that's that's just, for her, that's pitiful. But hmm. it's early. It's early. Anyway, I think Moo is way down in, she's 31st ranked. but uh, In the world? Yeah. I don't think that's going to last for very long. Uh, wow. Um. Yeah. So, and the men, you know, on the men's side, if you if you're looking for the upcoming Olympics and looking for events to watch, the men are loaded on the 800 meter side too. Donovan Brazier is the number one ranked 800 meter runner in the world, and Bryce Hopple and Clayton Murphy have, are both in the top ten. They're they're they've been close behind Donovan Brazier. Um, and the interesting thing about it is the 800 meter field is so deep. There's not even any guarantee that those three guys will make the Olympic team. You know, Donovan Brazier was really good before the last Olympics. He didn't make the team uh, because he got beat. He was the number one ranked 800 meter runner in the United States, and then missed the team because he and finished. And for fourth. guys, 800 podium at the Olympics is what? Probably it, it varies a lot because it depends on the type of race they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's probably going to be in the 143, 144 range. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it goes fast, if it goes slow, it could be it could be as slow as 145, as slow as 145. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. And I was thinking about this: Is there a reason why Americans have become so good at the 800 meters? Because we haven't always been good. Now, we did have an Olympic champion back in 1968, but in general, we haven't been great at the 800 meters, but all of a sudden, we're becoming maybe the best country in the world at 800 meters. Hmm. And I thought, why is that? And this is my theory. My theory is that we've always been a sprinting country. We've always been better at sprints than we have been distance running. We've always dominated the 100 and until Jamaica started creeping up on us more recently. But for the most part, we've dominated the 100, the 200, the shorter events, the 400. Um, but what's happening is 800 meters used to be 
milers and 1500 meter runners that moved down to the 800 hmm. well it's not the case anymore now we've got a lot of 400 runners who are moving up to the 800 they've got more speed it's it's, it's this for the same reason that ironman records are being broke almost every race because the young olympic distance guys yep they come up through getting fast 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 now they're just adding a little distance and you're seeing yeah. the same thing with Ironman. It's it's yeah. It used to be the old guys where they kind of retired into that sport, but now it's young guys have their eyes on on the Ironman distance, and you're seeing records being broken. That so yeah, it's a good good funny. analogy. The trivia question for this week: There is a guy who pulled off what may still be the most amazing performance in any track and field event ever in the 1968 Olympics. He was a long jumper and a triple jumper. Name him and what he did at the 1968 Olympics, including what made it so amazing. Now, you got to send your answer to dean at runforgod.com, not Facebook Messenger, not customer service, and send your T-shirt size, too. And if you know the answer to this question, which I do not, it is a track question, so therefore I would not know the answer to this. Um, But if you do, you'll get an awesome run club box. I can't believe you don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> that no breaks idea. my heart. There's actually a word. For th- th- this guy's last name is used in a word. When somebody does something amazing, they call it A, and they call it by his name because what he did was so amazing that day. So um, you, you need to go and look that one up because it, it is. I think I may know now that you said that. It is I may, crazy amazing. Probably not. Yeah. I have something in my head at least. <laughs> Uh, All right, this week's reason why running is so awesome. And it goes back to what Angie had before, extra opportunities to Mm -hmm. witness. There really are great opportunities. You know, I meet people all the time while I'm out running, and there's a – I stop by a place that's called Red Clay State Park. Mm -hmm. It's about – it's a little over three miles from my house, so on a lot of my runs, I stop by there to get – because there's a water fountain there. Mm -hmm. I don't have to bring water with me. I can just stop there and get get water, and that's a good point at which to get water. And I know all the people that work there. And they're great people. I, I've had some of them who are leaving the park and about to lock the gate, and they'll turn around and go unlock the door so I can go in and get a drink of water or use the bathroom um, because they're just that nice there. Hmm. And uh, I've had my, an opportunity to talk to those people about yeah. my witness. And uh, and it's we just have these these conversations. There's one guy named Bob. He's a he's a cyclist. And Bob's not, he's not one of these, he's not the typical cyclist. He rides like a touring bike and he just goes out for these long rides and he doesn't ride fast. Um, and there've been times where Bob and I have just run and he's ridden beside me and we've just had conversations hmm. and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to talk to Bob. Yeah. Uh, recent, <laughs> more recently though, every time I get, every time I see him, he's going in the opposite direction. I'm going to have to turn around one of these days and run with him again because it's been a little while since I talked to Bob. Anyway extra opportunities to witness the motivational thought of the week don't stop when you're tired stop when you're done that comes from a guy named wesley snipes <laughs> would never have thought an actor would be the one to say this but what a great that's a great sentiment don't stop when you're tired stop when you're done sometimes it's all just about keeping on going yeah so and talk about keep on going listen you guys are doing great you're doing fantastic keep up the good work Uh, stay faithful in your running get out there keep supporting one another on the facebook page and everywhere else keep glorifying god in your running and everything that you do and may god bless every step of every run 
go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.